0: I just had a passion too for the game, and uh, and certainly the receiving side, but also the blocking side of it too for tight ends. In today's world of speciality, you don't have a lot of folks that are really you know the complete tight end, and uh, and I I, uh, I wanted to make sure that I was that.
1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Skull Stories. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw from the Vikings Entertainment Network, coming to you from TCO Studios in Eagan. Yes, it's a short week for your Minnesota Vikings as they try to get ready for the Los Angeles Rams, a game that will occur on Thursday night. But we're not going to short you on an episode of Skull Stories. We have a good one for you tonight. It's going to feature former Vikings tight end Steve Jordan, perhaps the best tight end in Vikings history. Steve played 13 seasons for the Minnesota Vikings from 1982 to 1994, a seventh round pick who went on to become a six-time Pro Bowler, helped the Vikings win three division championships, finishes his career third all-time in receptions, first among Vikings tight ends, and first among Vikings tight ends in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns at the time. Of his retirement, we had a chance to catch up with Steve earlier in the week, and we want to share that conversation with you right now. So you're back for Legends Weekend, Steve. How did it go? It was awesome. You know, I, I
0: kind of came in a little bit late, but uh, got a chance to catch up with a lot of old teammates at the um, at the stadium and during the game. Uh, and the Vikings again gracious enough to you know host the guys and and bring us back and we had a uh, a large room of, of guys that you know it was uh, talking stories of back in the day and yeah. and uh, talking about the game today you know or the game meaning the game of NFL in today's world and mm-hmm.
1: uh, it was it was awesome. I'm gonna get into some of your um, your individual accolades in a minute, but. You know, Dennis Green goes into the Ring of Honor um, in conjunction with Legends Weekend. And one of the things that always stood out to me about Dennis Green's tenure with the Vikings was that the team went to the playoffs eight times in his 10 seasons. So I was looking back at your career, 13 seasons with the Vikings from 1982 to 94. And by my count, you played in 11 playoff games. Which tells me that you played on some pretty good teams. Do you remember some of those playoff games and you remember, you know, your career as a Viking? You were on some good teams. Is that what you recall? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know,
0: it, it was a bit of a journey, needless to say. But, uh, but yeah, we had some, we had some good teams that, um, that, that got some good run in the in the playoffs uh, we were also at a, at a challenging time in terms of you know uh, during the San Francisco 49ers dynasty right Man, you know yeah. so you always had to go through San Francisco and uh, and there were some things that happened that uh, that 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 Precluded us from getting through that, uh, but we did. You know, in '87, of course, we had that opportunity to get through it and and, and make that push. So, uh, so I have some really fond memories of, of uh, some of those playoff games.
1: You know, I think there are there are certain moments or points of time in Vikings history where fans can can remember vividly what happened. And there are some moments in the Purple People Eaters era, um, certainly the 98 team, maybe the 9 team with Favre. But I think you mentioned one, the 1987, that, that postseason run mm-hmm. where you guys, um, you know, really with, with all due respect, you were you upset some teams on your way to the title game. I mean, no one thought you would do that, and you guys did it. Right. What do you remember about that playoff run? It was Saints- Niners and then Redskins what do you remember I mean the the Niners game was you know Anthony Carter had like a million receiving yards (laughs) in that game but that was a a pretty sensational time in Vikings history no it, it really was it really was and, and you know and looking
0: back at that I mean we th- we knew we had a really good team yeah. but uh, a lot of people didn't realize that and and then when we went into the Saints I remember you know they had uh, an outstanding defense at the time you had you know linebacking core was arguably one of the best linebacking cores in the, in the history of the game with Ricky Jackson and Sam Mills and uh, Vaughn Johnson and um, uh, and Pat Swilling coming off the edge, you know, I mean, it was, Man. it was vicious, you know, and Ricky Jackson was just all of that uh, and, and, and more. So, uh, so we go in there and really you know, no one's expecting us to do anything. And that was a challenging game. And, and I remember uh, catching a touchdown in that game, uh, just kind of, you know, work in the middle and, uh, and they were able to get the ball into me, you know, just right in between the linebackers. And, and that was a touchdown that kind of cinched it a little bit Mm -hmm. and um and and then all of a sudden you know it's a game changer man vikings looks like they're probably going to win this game and and uh and then we go on to san francisco and then the thought is hey you know there's certainly that's awesome that they have gotten this far you know shocked a few but um but there's no way they'll get through san francisco of (laughs) course at san francisco and and then as you know we all know i mean it just it was a great game and and Anthony Carter was the signature, you know, yeah. uh, component that really just lit it up, you know. And it was uh, reminiscent of his days back at, at uh, Michigan, frankly. Mm-hmm. And he just, you know, he was unstoppable. Uh, and then there were a lot of other things that had to happen. You know, our defense did, you know, did what they needed to do and uh, and all that sort of thing. And, and then you're off to, all of a sudden, you're off to, you know, the Redskins for the NFC Championship game. Yeah. and And again, you know, they had an outstanding team. Uh, Doug Williams was just on fire <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? he was he was unstoppable but uh, but we just knew that we could go in and we could do some things and and battled and, and made it happen and you know take it down to the last
1: game of the or last play of the game yeah um, who were some of the you know the quarterbacks that you played with uh, I would imagine you know you didn't have one one quarterback your entire career you right. played with a bunch of them what do you remember right. about your quarterbacks
0: you know I, I played with a lot of quarterbacks actually you yeah. know when in that 13 year career uh you know Tommy Kramer was kind of the main one you know early in my career and Wade Wilson, you know, filled in, but then there was a couple of you know folks that came in toward the end of their career. So again, a lot of people forget that Archie Manning was here, you know, yeah, in, uh, in '85, and and Archie, you know, did a great job. Uh, it was it was toward the end of his career, but you know he was just a solid um, veteran, and uh, and and more and more importantly, in my opinion, just a solid guy. I mean, just a, an outstanding guy. And um, but then you know you have the Rich Gannon's that were there, but you know that was early in Rich's career before he got great, to be honest. Uh, Brad Johnson, uh, you know, I mean, Steve Bono was here for a while, you know, and uh, Sean Salisbury, you know, uh, and then my last quarterback quarterback. Uh, before I left was uh, was Warren Moon's first year. Oh, was that right? Yeah, Okay. Yeah. So, like I said, I when I look back at it, I probably had you know nine quarterbacks in thirteen years, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So yeah, you helped them all look good.
1: Yeah, you, you <laughs> certainly did your job. Yeah, oh, and
0: um, don't let me forget Jim McMahon. You know, yeah, there you he, go. he's another one of the ones that came through toward the end of his. He's career. a hard guy to forget. Yeah, Jim McMahon is. Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: Um, you know, your head coach uh, for, for most of the time was Jerry Burns. Did you get a chance to catch up with Burnsy? I did. Good. I did, yeah. And that was awesome.
0: You know, Burnsy, uh, just, just a, uh, again, a great guy, but really, I think, one of the um, real uh, pioneers in terms of offensive uh, systems. Yeah. and. You know, some people, you know, kind of talk about the West Coast system and that sort of thing. And Bernsey was doing a lot of that before it became that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really utilizing those running backs coming out of the backfield, running the options on the linebackers. And uh, and even utilizing the tight end, which I was I thought was awesome. Of course, yeah. um, you know Joe Sensor did a great job uh, in Burnsy's system. Mm-hmm. And uh, and as I followed up, you know again not afraid to get the tight end down the field and and, and run deep routes, corners, deep ends, you know that kind of thing. Uh, split them out, you know, flex us out, and and let us do some things out on the perimeter. That uh, you're now you, that even today you still see that with some of these uh, very athletic tight ends. So Bernsey was was awesome in that regard.
1: Okay, we have more coming from our conversation with Steve Jordan after this break. But before we go, join host Mike Mussman along with Latavius Murray at Shortstop Bar in Coon Rapids on Thursday, October fourth at 5:30. For a live broadcast of Vikings Country, you could win some great prizes, including tickets, in the Miller Lite Lounge at U.S. Bank Stadium. Visit vikings.com slash vikingscountry for more info and a full schedule. And for more from Steve Jordan, stay tuned. Hey, everyone. We're back with more school Stories. I'm your host. Wobby want to get to our conversation with steve jordan in a minute but first experience what it is like to be a minnesota viking as you conquer the tco vikings 5k join us saturday october 20th as you and your friends finish on the 50 yard line at tco stadium hurry and save now as registration prices increase soon space is limited register today at vikings.com 5k if you look at you know Steve Jordan's stats in his career, um, you know they're they're obviously pretty gaudy. Okay, um, you know you're the all-time leader for Vikings tight ends and receptions and yards. Now our guy Rudy passed you in touchdowns, <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah. but you retire as the all-time leader in in touchdowns for tight ends and Vikings history. So you come out of Brown, <clears throat> seventh round pick. You wouldn't expect that type of career from a guy who was a seventh round pick out of Brown. So. What, what do you attribute that to? You know, I, number one, I say God, uh, because uh, for me
0: to go to a Brown University – that uh, you know, you don't go to the Ivies to for football, you mm-hmm. know. So and, and I went there for an engineering degree, which which I was fortunate enough to uh, to get as well. But but at Brown, I actually had some of the best coaching I, I that I've seen, and 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 I say that because I talked to a lot of guys after that who you know guys who went to Oklahoma or went to Texas mm-hmm. or Nebraska, and and some of the coaching that they they received. I mean, I, I had a um, I had a coach who was my position coach named Jay Miller, who was a all-American from BYU and a receiver, and he taught me more about the game than almost any coach, uh, except for um, Les Steckle, frankly, in terms of, of of receiving and and the receiving game, how to run routes, how to stem people up, and and, and all mm-hmm. the above. And and then in my senior year, um, you know, I, I had another coach who, who frankly, you know, he wasn't. Um, he wasn't a tight end coach. He was actually a linebacker coach, but he yeah. taught me the, the defensive side of things. That was Tom Perry, and he was a linebacker who frankly would have gone first round, uh, but he had a concussion in his uh, senior bowl or, or one of the the, the bowl games mm-hmm. in his senior year, and, uh, and he had to give up the game. So he right. got into coaching, but he taught me more about the defensive side and, and how people attack tight ends, and so I was really probably better prepared than most uh, coming in, and I was. Pretty athletic, so you know I was able to hone some of my uh, skills while I was making the team on special teams. Frankly, you know, okay. the first couple of years, and uh, and Bud mentioned that that was one of the things I thought was interesting. Bud, you always used to say, "Hey, you can kind of tell the, the the quality of an athlete by what they do on special teams, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know, because it takes a lot of athleticism to run down on on those kickoff returns or punt returns or you know all that sort of thing, or to turn around and be able to block people." And um, fortunately, we've got a little more safety associated with that these days. But yeah, um, but 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 he could he thought that was an indicator. And uh, and then for me, I just had a passion, too, for the game and uh, and certainly the receiving side. But also uh, when I got here, then working with a less Steckle in the in the passing game. Uh, and, again, learning more about you know, receiving the ball and running the routes and, and then the schemes and how you, you play into the schemes. And, and, again, the blocking side of it, too, for tight ends in today's world of speciality uh, in the NFL, you don't have a lot of folks that are really you know, the complete tight end. And,
1: uh, and I, I, uh, I wanted to make sure that I was that. Yeah, you know, it's like um, you cut your teeth uh, as an intern, like that—that's the mm-hmm. case for players on special teams, and it's mm-hmm. interesting to hear you say that you remember having to do that. Oh, absolutely. It, it's, absolutely, it's a—it's a big part of the game. Uh, you mentioned you got an engineering degree mm-hmm. from Brown. What path has that led you down since you were done playing?
0: Uh, you know, it—it it worked out really well for me. I had uh, an opportunity actually in my rookie year to put it to use. So, uh, as an engineer, oftentimes during college you want to do internships so you can get something on your on your resume, and and I did that as a civil engineer with an emphasis. Structure, so I got involved in construction management, uh, and I was able to uh, get a get a job before uh, coming into the pros. Uh, I interviewed with a lot of companies, like a lot of seniors do in college, and uh, uh, and and so I connected with Gilbane, and, and and they were awesome because they they said, hey, you know, I know you wanted to get this pro shot. If it works out, great. Um, if it doesn't, we'll hold a spot for you and uh, in our next year's um, allocation, and uh, and we look forward to having you back. And we had the lockout in 82, if you recall. Okay, yeah. so, mm-hmm. so that was an eight-week lockout. And uh, like any self-respecting kid out of college who just got laid off, I went back home to mooch off my parents <laughs> right. for a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah. um, But that after a week, uh, I was training on my own in, in Phoenix. And after a week, uh, Gil Bain calls and says, hey, we have a job at the University of Minnesota, Children's Hospital, 400-bed patient uh, uh, center with a cancer patient ward do you want to go to work? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I came back to Minneapolis and I went to work as a field engineer. And I, I literally was bringing home the bacon. I, I kind of joke with my old teammates, um, uh, who were also my roommates, which is Curtis Boo Boo Rouse and, and Brian Howard. And uh, so they were kind of waiting around for this thing to, to end. And and I was bringing home the bacon and, yeah. uh, and worked the rest of that. And then every off season, frankly, I worked uh, I hooked up with Mortenson after that uh, because Gilbane's work uh, wow. dried up in the city. Went to work for Mortenson. Had a great experience there. Really good company. They obviously built the uh, yeah stadium, the construction the, company. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. And uh, and and really uh, appreciated them for for uh, allowing me to come in and and uh, and really you know do some good work with them and, and for them. Uh, and then after all was said and done, I ended up with Ryan Companies, connecting with Ryan okay. Companies, a uh, really good, good company. They're here, based here in, in Minneapolis. And um, I started out with them in project management, ended up transferring uh, to their Phoenix office, and that was kind of the plan. Um, I'm originally from Phoenix, but more right. importantly, my wife is from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, our kids were all born here, uh, but we ended up going back to Phoenix. And uh, But then ultimately, at this stage of my career, I was talking with the CEO and uh, and CFO and uh, talked to them about uh, taking a national position with the company in HR, which was a little bit of a departure, but uh, also with a focus on diversity and inclusion. and. And, um, and then we've been able to, to really move the needle, if you will. Uh, Ryan's got a great culture, and we're simply taking it to the next level uh, in, in, in regards to HR as well.
1: Yeah, you know, you mentioned <laughs> your children, and you have a son who plays in the NFL, Cameron. Who Vikings fans will certainly know that name because we've played against Cameron a bunch. And um, You were a Brown University Bear, he's a Cal. University of Bear, right? So I would yeah. imagine, you know, your experience, not just in the NFL, but your experience getting a degree and a career after the league, you probably um, talk with Cam as much about that as you do about uh, offensive line splits right. uh, that he sees as a defensive end or defensive lineman or, or any sort of X's and O's, I would imagine, right? right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: You know the, the careers go pretty quickly, and so uh, at some point you've got to prepare yourself. You know for for, for the inevitable, which uh, which will be coming into what I call the real world. Yep. So uh, and with Cam, you know I, I really uh, it's it's challenging. Uh, we actually had a, an epiphany moment when uh, you know I played college sports, of course, but uh, when he went to Cal, I thought that was the right move for him. I, I felt that was the right place where he could flourish, and it was. And then. Um, you know, admittedly, he played well during their first training camp. And they said, hey, we're going to play him as a true freshman. <laughs> well, that's not what the plan was, guys, yeah. you know. Yeah. But my, my epiphany moment is once they're on scholarship and they accept, you don't have any control over that. So unfortunately, he didn't graduate before he left. So I he's see. about a semester uh, and a half uh, left to, to go. Then you get into the NFL, and I did know this. It's a, it's a vacuum. I mean, you know, there's so many demands on these guys uh, off seasons. You know, it's year-round pretty much. You know, the OTAs that start in April, so you can't even get a full semester in. Certain classes that he needed to take the upper levels, two of, two of them uh, have to be at Cal. You know, it can't be anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. So... uh and then all of a sudden life comes in you know he just he got married yeah. uh he's got three you know lovely uh, just beautiful kids and uh and life takes over and mm-hmm. uh and so now you don't have that opportunity as much to go back to school i know he'll finish at some point but uh but it, it you know it, it'll probably be when he's done done playing ball right uh and that's okay that's okay you know he does a lot of uh, he's a smart guy he does a lot of uh, good things in the community he's obviously doing some really good things on the field Uh, and he's doing some things in the background with the team itself in the locker room and et cetera. So so I look forward to you know his next steps afterwards, but I'm always talking to him. Yes, about those life yeah. uh, uh, situations.
1: Well, you know we we have a game against the Saints coming up later this season. That'd be a great week for him to take off and maybe go start a <laughs> class at, at Cal. So that would be my suggestion. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he, you go. If, he, if he could sit out that game, that'd be we really like that. I'd appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got four sacks this season. Ever have time to go watch him play a game? I, I do uh, this
0: season. I, I haven't I haven't actually uh, had a chance to get there yet. Uh, I'm always watching. You know, I, yeah. I usually try to, frankly, uh, I always tape the games and then, yep. and then watch them afterwards because, you know, it's one thing to watch them kind of socially, you know, whether it's with the family or others. Yeah. Uh, but then I usually go back and watch the film so I can really yeah. look at it and see what's going on, give him some feedback and input. So, um, but I will be at a few games. Uh, and again, we do tend to focus now, uh, you know, experience uh, sets in and, and we try to focus on hitting the home games, you yeah, know, that way right. we can see the family and, and the kids and everything.
1: Were you in the house for the Minneapolis Miracle? I was,
0: absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> that had
1: to be a you know a, a weird, twisted moment for you. Yeah, no, it
0: was emotional. Yeah. I, will, I, I, I will be truthful on that one. Uh, and again, you know, as people always ask, hey, who are you vote, who are you rooting for? Oh. Everybody, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> you, know? you just want to see success, yeah. Right? yeah. And yeah. uh, I and, and I'm the guy, I'm the I, like I tell people, I'm the luckiest man in the room. I, I can't lose, you know. If the yeah. bikes win, hey, great, you know. If the saints win, then uh, then then great, you know. Yeah. That's uh, that's all good,
1: yeah. Well, a lot. One last thing before we go, I'd be remiss not to ask you about this. You know, you're back in in the Vikings building, which is not where you were, you were at Winter Park. This is a new building, but you know, when you come back here, whether it's to the Legends event or even literally here in this building, you invariably run into people like Dennis Ryan, uh, Fred Zamberletti, who has now passed, um, would be someone you would have run into, um, you know, today. Do you do you like that part of it, seeing some of those old, old faces, some of yeah. the people who really helped support you during your career like, like Dennis Ryan? Yeah. Oh,
0: absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, Zambi, God bless him, but, you know, he kept a lot of people on the field, you know, and yeah. his, you know, tenure here with the Vikings going back to, you know, way back when, of course. And, uh, and I would see Zambi uh, every once in a while when I did come back, uh, you know, pleasantly surprised. He actually made a road trip uh, about a year or two ago when um, the bikes came to play the Cardinals, you know. Okay. And so I got a chance to catch up again and had you know a boatload of stories. And he, he was a wealth of knowledge and, and experience, you know, playing bocce in the, in the locker room with yep. the guys way back in the day. You know, he was playing cards and, and all that sort of thing. He was he was just a joy, uh, and then and then uh, you know for the uh, Dennis Ryan's of the world, I mean, there's not a better person on the planet, <laughs> yeah. you know. And and when I look back in terms of how he kept us on the field, you know, in terms of just always making sure you had everything you needed, you yeah. know. And when you think about the number of games he has prepared this team for, yeah. traveled this team, and all of the above, it is unbelievable. And 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 just just a consummate professional. Uh, again one of the most humble humble guys you ever want to see he's actually um uh, interestingly he could probably take down uh most of the players uh, unknowingly because he was a wrestling guy back yeah, in that's the day right. and You're a right lot about of people that. don't don't remember that and yeah. uh, you know there's a couple of stories out there that <laughs> I could tell but yeah uh, like I say he is a phenomenal guy and always look forward to seeing uh, seeing him.
1: Well the same can be said about you Steve you're a great ambassador for the Vikings uh, you were a great player but you're doing great things now and we always appreciate your time so um, thanks yeah. for catching up with us we'll see you down the road. Okay? All right thanks
0: <laughs> appreciate you having me on. Yeah.
1: All right, everyone, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of Skull Stories. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week, Tuesday night at 630, for another episode of Skull Stories, so make sure you're on the lookout for that. In the meantime, enjoy lots of Vikings coverage at Vikings.com and KFAN.com, and enjoy the game. And remember, it's on Thursday night. You can hear the game right here on the Vikings Radio Network. Paul Allen, voice of the Vikings, will have the call, along with Greg Coleman, Pete Bursich, and Ben Lieber. On behalf of Skull Stories producer Nate Vaughn, I'm your host Wabi, signing off for now.